Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. So welcome to another episode of the How We Solve podcast. Today, we have a buddy of mine on the, on the call, which his name is Stefan Spencer. He's the co-author of The Art of SEO, and he hosts two awesome podcasts, which are widely popular. He had a ton of really cool guests on there. One is Get Yourself Optimized, all about geeking out on how to optimize yourself in, in all shapes or forms, mentally, physically, productivity, etc. And then Marketing Speak, this other podcast, he has also has an SEO agency, and he's a crazy networker. He's part of a lot of masterminds, and he invites me into a few. Thank you very much for this. And I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me, David. So which problem are we solving today? Let's solve the YouTube problem. YouTube is the number two search engine and it tends to get neglected by a lot of marketers, a lot of business owners. It's such a great opportunity. You can build rapport and relatedness and add so much value by delivering videos and they're spending minutes or tens of minutes connecting with you in that video format instead of just looking at some web pages for a minute and a half and then bouncing out. Awesome. Cool. Let's drill right into this. What's the first step on how do you optimize your channel? How do you get started? Maybe in context of having a podcast, because you know we're also having a podcast and we're kind of neglecting YouTube. We just upload audiograms right now, I think. And I think there's a lot of room for optimization. So I'm very curious to, to learn from you. Yeah, you know, I had the same sort of situation as you for about four years or three years and a bit, something like that. I've been doing my podcast for five years now into the sixth year. It started both shows in 2015. And I was just focusing on doing really good audio. (laughs) So I didn't want to be distracted by having to worry about how do I look on camera, et cetera. And I was just missing a huge opportunity. I've finally broken through last week, thousand subscribers on YouTube. So that means I can, thank you, (laughs) silent clap there. That means I can uh, turn on monetization on my channel. It means I get additional momentum and, and velocity of growth. It's really exciting. And also some money. Yeah, but the the money is just an, a nice kind of bonus. Side effect. It, for me, it's a side effect. For for many people, they make a living off of YouTube. It's, it's pretty incredible. I have uh, friends who are big YouTubers and clients as well. Daryl Eves, for example, is a client. He's huge on YouTube. He's actually the founder of, of VidSummit, the place to go if you're a YouTuber and you want to learn new strategies to grow your channel and and watch time and all that. Which I assume is online now, so vidsummit.com? It is online now, yeah. Pretty amazing. The stuff I've learned even in just the last few months from some of my friends like Evan Carmichael. I'm in Genius Network, as you know, I've told you multiple times, you got to join that one, run by uh, by Joe Polish. Evan Carmichael is, is also a member of, of Genius Network, and he is a wizard at YouTube optimization. I've learned so much from him. He's got 300, almost no, 400 million now, I think he's hit views on his YouTube channel. Pretty amazing. So many nuances that make a world of difference. So for example, if you're probably neglecting your thumbnails, but these are your secret weapon, then that's really step one to massively growing your YouTube presence is to create a thumbnail template 
that if you look, for example, at Evan Carmichael's channel, you'll see all of his videos have a similar style to their thumbnail. Is Evan Carmichael on YouTube? Yes. So youtube.com slash Evan Carmichael. Yeah, that's another little trick. <laughs> Do figure out what your YouTube short URL is. Right? So mine is youtube.com slash Stefan Spencer. And that is so much easier to just say on a podcast interview or to direct people in a radio ad or whatever it is. Oh, here's another thing about you're promoting your YouTube channel in various places, especially online where you can link to it. Link to the version that has question mark at the end with sub underscore confirmation equals one. What happens then if somebody clicks on that link, they get the pop-up on YouTube. So the channel loads, but then a pop-up shows up that says confirm that you want to become a subscriber. And so that that will speed up the your your growth rate. I think actually Sayed, yeah, it's so our mutual friend Sayed Baki, who runs Sorry Beginner and, and a bottle of other companies. He actually I think he built a WordPress plugin. So when you embed a you do a video in, in your site and click on play, that automatically asks for this subscribe thing. So just like very simple, just kind of linking linking to that that URL. But very powerful. Yeah. And well, if you're going to go to the trouble of adding this sort of thing to all of your YouTube channel links, you might as well also, anytime you're embedding a video on a YouTube video on your website, add to the YouTube URL ampersand rel equals zero. So after the V equals whatever the, uh, the video code is, Ampersand rel equals zero turns off related videos at the end that bring up competitor videos. It won't turn off related videos altogether. It used to, but now those related videos will only be yours oh, wow. from your channel. So yeah, that's that's also super important. You, know, you don't want to promote the competition. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing too that people don't realize when they're embedding YouTube videos, they think, oh, I'm, I'm increasing my watch time and my view count and everything. Well, you are increasing your view count. That is true. But the, the watch time and the algorithm of YouTube that's trying to decide who's going to get suggested and the recommendation engine is a key component to success on YouTube. It's actually more important than the YouTube search engine, the search rankings, because probably 20 to 30% of, of the views and, and watch time are driven by YouTube search, whereas the rest of it, the majority is from the recommendation engine. So if you really want to drive your YouTube channel growth, stop embedding YouTube videos and drive people directly to the video on YouTube with a link. And oh, here's another thing. I also learned this from Evan. If you add ampersand list equals and then whatever the code is for a particular playlist, then when somebody is clicking through to go watch your video, they get an opportunity to binge watch a whole bunch of your videos because you've dropped them right into one of your playlists. And you probably didn't know this, you have a playlist by default, even if you've never created one. So most people forget about playlists or they just neglect that on purpose. They don't think it's important. It's super important. But there's a, a play all playlist that we all have. Every channel has a play all playlist. If you go to the play all uh, link on your homepage of your channel, you'll see a list equals whatever the code is in the URL. That code after list equals is the code for your play all playlist. 
And you can add that ampersand list equals and whatever that code is to any YouTube URL, including anybody else's. Not even, it doesn't even have to be your own. Right, so you say, watch this video. So basically, I link a video of you. I will say, watch this video from Steven, it's awesome. And then the following video will be my video. Exactly. Wow, that's mind boggling. And then another one of your videos, and then another one of your videos, and then another one of your videos. That's crazy, actually. That is crazy amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much ninja stuff. That, that's super cool. So I think that's just really valuable. Thank you for, for this, this knowledge bomb. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. So, so let's get back to step one, which is I took a little bit of a detour there. That was all important, by the way. So, do all that, even though it's not part of step one. Creating that thumbnail template and use Evan Carmichael's thumbnails as inspiration. You'll notice the head is really big. Whoever the guest is or your kind of main uh, subject or focus of the video is. If it's you, for example, you're the only one on the video, it should be you and take it from your video, not from the person's headshots, professional photo shoot sort of thing, because that looks too staged. It doesn't look real. People like real, real, raw, authentic videos. They do require professional quality audio in order to listen to the whole thing. If somebody you're interviewing has a terrible audio connection, uh, you're interviewing them over a phone connection, right? So like a phone line instead of over the internet, or if they're using a poor quality microphone. Exactly. Exactly. You want to have a super high quality mic for both of you, if at all possible. I know of podcasters who even send a free microphone to the guests, like a $60, $70 microphone as part of a wow package, right? A shock and awe box is what uh, Dan Kennedy calls it to the guest. Because if you interview the right kinds of guests, these are people who are going to be potentially joint venture partners or business partners, or they might become clients of yours. I was just interviewing somebody. Or refer clients. Yeah. Last year, I think it was, I interviewed Carter Cast, who is the former CEO of Walmart.com. And next thing you know, he's referring people in his portfolio companies to me. He is part of a VC firm now. He, he left Walmart. Yeah. I mean, it didn't just happen. I mean, I, I did drop a few knowledge bombs and things in the interview of him, you know, I added value at the beginning. This is another thing too. If you're podcasting, think of, have a higher intention for your interview. For example, it might be, I want to get a referral source or I want to, I don't know, help them with SEO and, and online marketing. So I'll interview somebody, but in the beginning, before I hit record, I'll just say, you know, I was doing some research on you before the uh, beforehand and turns out you don't have a knowledge panel or your Google knowledge panel is unclaimed. There's this little claim, claim this knowledge panel button at the bottom of, of your knowledge panel. You should claim that. And they're like, oh, wow, thank you. I, I didn't know I could even do that. Right. So now I've already established providing value. Yeah. My authority and created some value for them. And of course, they're probably going to say something. And, and you, Stefan, being an SEO expert, you probably realize that. Da, 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 and I'm like, yes, I love it. <laughs> Thank you for, for that. So if you show up with that interview, whether it's a, a podcast interview or it's just a YouTube only video interview or 
whatever. It's just a solo talk to the camera sort of soliloquy or whatever that you're going to post to YouTube. Have a higher intention. For me, one of my highest intentions is to reveal light in everything I do, including every interview that I'm on, even if it's super technical, super geeky about SEO and, and Google and maybe some search query operators to use like site colon and in Earl colon. And what I'm like, I can get really geeky as you might be able to tell. I still find a way to reveal light. Like I'm doing it now by talking about having that kind of intention with whatever meetings or interviews or video recordings that you're going to do. Sticking with your, your personal mission and vision, worked on, nerd out on during the Managing Happiness Mastermind. Yes, you've got a, such a great program, by the way. I love what you're up to. You're up to really great things. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining. This was really fun to go through this with you. And just a plug for you and Managing Happiness program. It's, it's not even just a course. It is an immersive experience because you're helping people along the way, not just saying, here's another video to watch, here's another video to watch. It feels like a community, like a tribe, and we're all in it together, and you're part of the process, and I see you growing too. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, this is like part of it. You know, when you teach somebody something, this helps you to understand things even, you know, at a deeper level, you know, so it always helps me. I haven't done, we just launched Up Coach and we've been like really pushing hard for three months. So I haven't done any managing happiness cohorts lately, but this is piling up. So I have to, you know, I want to have to slash want to uh, get back at it in a month or so. Yeah, the wait list is growing. Yeah. And if you want to check it out, managinghappiness.com, it's a workshop where we get together for eight weeks, one hour per week, and figure out our personal mission, vision, core values, and the habits that you need to achieve your goals. Also, yeah, we, we figure out the goals that you have. It's fun. It's It brings together community. And yeah, check it out. The stuff sticks. Like the ideas around your North Star, understanding the difference between your your mission and your vision, your values, prioritizing those. And it's just, it's it's really good. Really, really good. Thank you. My form of, of shining light. You carrying it on. Back to YouTube. Back to YouTube. Thumbnail template. And the reason why this makes such a difference is because people look at th the thumbnail before they look at anything else. Way more important than the title. The title is very much secondary in comparison. If you have a compelling thumbnail that is branded to you, not over the top branded in a way that it's all just logo and stuff like that, but it is distinctive. And when somebody sees another one of your thumbnails in the right-hand side with the other suggested videos, and they just watched a video of yours, they're going to be inclined to click on another one of your videos and not one of your competitors. It's so good. So that's step one. Step two is to then A-B test these thumbnails so that they are highest performing. Maybe you have too many words in the thumbnails. I wouldn't have like 10 or 12 words in there. It's too much to read and, and you'd have to make the text too tiny in the thumbnail for the viewer. They wouldn't be able to really read it. It wouldn't be compelling. So maybe one, two or three words, not 10 or 12. Going back to our Michael side, you know, like just like, yeah, the five lessons, the only fact will change your life. You know, it's like very to the point. Your 2021 assignments. Yeah. Amazon broke me. That was, that's a great one with a very compelling and intriguing curiosity inducing statement there. If you create tension in the viewer, the, the YouTube user, 
They want to click because they want that tension to be relieved. I want to know what the heck broke. Like, how did Seth Golden? Yeah. Yeah, there's a big picture of his head. It's not like professional headshot, but it's real. It's from the video itself. And also notice the the word broke is in a different color than Amazon and me. Oh, and they also used an exclamation point. So having a contrast color, an accent color for certain words in the thumbnail text, super important. Also notice that the text in the thumbnail is different from the text of the title. Because if it's just the same text again, people will become numb to the titles. They won't even bother looking at it. They already saw kind of key point of the video in two or three words in the thumbnail. But if you're conveying something else that's super important for them, they will look at the title next. So something like Amazon broke me, intrigues me. Then I see this one decision can change your entire life. That's part of the title. And then dot, dot, dot. Now I'm super intrigued. <laughs> like the curiosity gap is totally maximized because the punchline wasn't given away. The, the secret <laughs> wasn't given away in either place. Now I want to watch the video. So you can test these and see which video thumbnails and titles perform the best using a tool called TubeBuddy. Okay, I was, was about to ask, like, how do you do this? So, so TubeBuddy, yeah, I think it's even a free free tool. TubeBuddy.com. Well, you're probably going to want to pay. It's not expensive. There is a, a free level. Just pay for the, the, the premium level so that uh, you, you can do proper testing and everything. It's totally worth it. You'll see things like, oh, this version, you let's say, take your original version of your thumbnail and you test it against this new optimized one that has the template, as, as I just described. You might see, oh, 200% increase in view count or watch time based on this new variant. Would you like to make that your new thumbnail? I think I would. <laughs> and you can take videos that are five years old and apply the new thumbnail. You don't have to re-upload videos. You don't have to do anything other than just tweak the thumbnail. It's a, it's called a custom thumbnail. Could be like a whole, whole like, what's it called? A prioritized service where you just kind of go to like big channels and be like, hey, let me just optimize all your your thumbnails, you know, it's like. It's not a productized service. It's just a service service that I'm doing. One of my clients, uh, Otherworld Computing, maxsales.com is their website. They have a very successful YouTube presence with 50 million views or whatever it is. And I'm doing the uh, YouTube thumbnail optimization work for them, for them right now. Yeah, me and my team. And you optimize the, the thumbnail and the description, I assume? Yeah, the title of the video as well but we're starting with the thumbnails. We want to really dial that in because that is the biggest impact item. What kind of customers do you work with? Because, you know, I assume you work with a lot of big brands, like kind of what's your, your ideal target market? Like who do you want to work with? Who do you want to attract? My ideal target, I, it's not about size of the business. I mean, if it's a solopreneur who's just getting started, they probably can't afford me or, or, or my agency. But if you've got a business that can afford some marketing expenditures, then I want to work with companies that are business owners, really, in their teams who are focused on adding value in their market, revealing light. If you look back on the kinds of clients I had a few years ago, it was more kind of just bigger brands and it was it was driven by ego. Yeah, I can put logos for Chanel, Sony's, Zappos, Volvo on my website now that uh, they've been clients. But that doesn't juice me. That doesn't excite me when I get up in the morning. When I make a difference 
for somebody who's, for example, saving lives. Like um, Dave Asprey is one of my clients and he's got such incredible information about biohacking and longevity and maximizing your health. It's just, it's powerful stuff. So I get to help amplify his message and his information. It's, it's really cool. So anybody that wants to make a difference or is already making a difference in the world for your constituents, for your, your audience, I would love to help you. Perfect ICP description. Add the customer profile. Nice. Awesome. Something you, you mentioned before we start, hit record. I just clicked on the video that we talked about and something that's, you know, you have the comings coming up and it's like a snippet of the most valuable thing that's in the video. You know, you mentioned this before that you, that the graph is, you know, people don't drop, drop off at the beginning. So it is so important. Yeah. Thank you for, for bringing that up. There is a graph inside of YouTube analytics. You get YouTube analytics for free. I mean, why wouldn't you go in there and start looking at things like your watch time and audience retention and so forth. If you go into one particular video and you see the audience retention, just take a nosedive in the first minute. It goes from 100% in second one to, I don't know, minute one, uh, it's now at 30%. That's a big oops. And it happens all the time. I think what happened to 70% of my audience? They just hated my video. No, it's just you didn't start out strong. You didn't lead with a punchy value del delivering bomb. Yeah, bomb, exactly. So take a video that you've already produced and you're thinking, okay, it's ready to upload and re-edit that, have your team re-edit that and take the most compelling bit from that video and put it at the beginning. You might say, well, how do I know what the most compelling bit is? You could re-listen to it or you could upload a version of it, kind of a draft version that you get some some intel from your audience because if the audience retention graph nosedives and then people are watching most of the rest of it, but it's still going to go down over the course of the video. Do have at least a, I'd say a 10 minute video, two or three minute videos do not perform well on YouTube. People are, are, are not looking for those little tiny snack videos. Nobody wants one little cracker. <laughs> they, they want like the Super Bowl Sunday, sort of uh, all the snacks on the table sort of situation. So give them meaty, longer videos. But you'll see in the audience retention graph, these little anomalies in the video where the retention graph goes up a bit. And you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> they re-listened to that bit of the video. Like, what was that? Oh, that, that was good. I got to rewind that, listen to that little bit again, maybe write it down, or at least re-listen to it so I get it in my head. Those knowledge bombs or, or sound bites or really compelling little bits are perfect for uh, social media, you know, excerpt videos. I know you do those post natively the, those little videos to LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and so forth natively. Don't drop a YouTube link <laughs> on another social platform. YouTube is the enemy to the other uh, social platforms. The algorithms of LinkedIn, et cetera, will dial down the uh, reach of a YouTube link so i think any any link right is like you know it's always better if the link is in, in the comment because you want every platform wants to keep people on the platform exactly yeah it's, it's a uh not walled but it's a manicured garden where they want you to stay within the nice area there and so if all of your social posts are links out 
yeah, the algorithm, whatever it is, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, Twitter, it's not going to like you. It's not going to like what you post, I should say. It likes you. <laughs> don't, don't be lazy. Don't, don't use like some social media tool just like distributes it. Go to the platform and upload it there. I think it's just the message. I use Meet Edgar. My team does. It's great. It allows you to reuse old uh, social posts. But the, the trick is to think, I need to figure out, let's say, half of the time at least, what I'm going to post that keeps people within the platforms. For example, a quote that's just a text quote without a link out. One of my favorite quotes from The Art of War is, which from, from Sun Tzu, ancient, amazing book, is tactics without strategies, the noise before defeat. Love that quote. So you drop that as a tweet without a link to the Art of War website or book on Amazon or whatever. That's cool. You know, people can just Google for the Art of War if they're intrigued enough to buy it. And the algorithm will reward you. Oh, here's a text tweet that seems to be getting a lot of traction. Let's give it a lot more visibility and reach. But if it were a link out, then the algorithm has these competing priorities. Well, if we give it too much reach and then we lose a lot of our captive audience because they drop out of the platform and who knows if they're coming back to Twitter today. So makes makes total sense. Do put your homework into this and uh, image posts, tweets, et cetera, as well and do really well. Native video, as I said, uploaded that keeps people in the platform. For what you do with your, with your agencies, you also take care of the video process or is this part what, what the client does? I do. Sometimes the client handles that in the case of other world computing, they're a huge company, <laughs> so they can have a whole video team. So I just tweak stuff. In the case of some other clients where it's a much smaller company, like they what is my IP address.com is one of my clients speaking out of turn to say this because uh, shared it on his interview on my show on marketing speak. When we started working together, he was at like 600,000 a year. And now he's doubled that. He's a seven figure business now that he 100% accredits to me and uh, the work that we've been doing together. So you could be a really small business and get a lot of impact without a big marketing spend. He spends small amount of money on the video production work with my team. We use Lumen5 as one of our tools. It is an AI-based tool that will take a blog post or article and extract out all the most punchy, important bits, the big headlines and so forth, and create a draft video for you. It will pull in stock photos, stock video, and music, put that in the background. It will create a whole video for you and then you just tweak it it's pretty amazing that's crazy so that's a great tool it's crazy what's happening now the software is eating, eating the world you know <laughs> it's, it's really extreme oh my goodness totally if we had another hour we could talk about <laughs> gpt3 and open ai and how that's changing blog writing etc you could write a whole book it could uh, it can write poetry it can it's amazing what it can do you know, again, bringing up Sayed, he, he had access to it and he showed me some things like, like how to, you know, come up with blog ideas, blog post ideas based on certain things. And it's, it's really extreme. The headlines that it writes, et cetera, it's like, you know, really blew me away what, what this can do. Well, if, if you're curious to see some creative work by this AI, Google Elon Musk poem GPT-3. There's a poem about Elon Musk. The input was, a poem about Elon Musk and SpaceX and building rockets and Tesla and you know solar power and so forth. Make it in the style of Dr. Seuss. And I forget there were a couple other instructions. 
it was amazing what it came up with. It was a, essentially a Dr. Seuss story poem that was clever and cute. And there's this one line, I just love it. And, and if you don't, I'll, read, uh, I'll Mars Rover you or something. I'm just like, wow, that is so cool. That was an AI. How did you can't just find that on the internet and copy and paste that in? It had to do some quote unquote thinking to put all that together in such a creative way. Really cool stuff. Yes, I'm, I'm very curious how, how the world will shift with this, but yeah, this is like a conversation for another time. Then Lumen 5, I'll, I'll definitely check this out. And also, yeah, I used TubeBuddy like a long time ago, but you know, it's time to. Yeah, it, it has keyword research in it too. So you can see what people are searching for on YouTube. People search differently on YouTube than they do on Google. So if you're using Google specific keyword research tools without checking a YouTube tool, you're seeing, you're seeing skewed data. People are looking for how to's and for tutorials and screencasts and all this on their YouTube visits and not so much when they're searching on Google. So yeah, and more transactional stuff on Google. I personally also search, search, search a lot on, on YouTube for some reason. It's just like easier for me to, to stay, you know, I'm more audible visual person versus yeah, actually more audible. So I like to hear things, even though I listen to it often, like at 2x the speed, but you know, so since we're, you gave a lot of cool tools away, what are, you, are there any other amazing tools? Lumen5, TubeBuddy, what else is in your arsenal of, I guess for the th thumbnails, something like Canva, I guess, or Photoshop or... You can use Canva or Photoshop or... I, I just used, I outsourced the, the creation of the thumbnails to Studio One Design, which is one of my secret weapons. I love what they do. They're amazing. All my websites are designed by them. I have seven different websites that have been designed by Studio One and had their uh, founder, Greg Merrilies, on Marketing Speak. Great episode, all about conversion-focused design. There's so much gold in that. And yeah, all my clients, I, I, I send them to Studio One. Just Google for Studio One Design. Apparently, there's also an architecture company in, in Bodrum where I live that's called Studio One Design, but I found the website. <laughs> <laughs> so studio, the number one, design.com. <laughs> yeah, and tell them I sent, I, I sent you. Yeah. And and so that's a secret weapon. Uh, just, yeah, don't have it look unprofessional. Have a professional Sorry. make it look professional. And and so, yeah, website design, thumbnail design, logos, business cards. Yeah, they do all that. Also, this isn't really a tool so much as it's just an approach, is to think of your channel as something to optimize in addition to the videos themselves. So the channel, it has, for example, an about tab. The channel has a community tab. Many channels have a blank community tab. There's nothing there, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, the about tab, oftentimes there's nothing there. There's no description. You need a description there, or there's no links listed. Do you think there's a missed opportunity in terms of being ranked or an opportunity of being just like, you know, providing better value and like a complete picture for your audience? It's about getting a conversion event out of somebody being on your channel. So once they're already there, what action are they going to take? They're going to check out your about tab. More importantly, though, on your banner, if you have something action oriented, like I have a five day challenge on SEO and I have a webinar and I promote those on my different social banners. So on LinkedIn, I'll have one 
banner versus on YouTube. I have a different banner. I think the one that I have on YouTube is the uh, the five day challenge, but it could be the the webinar. Anyway, so that action oriented banner can be further enhanced just by going to the about tab and adding under your links list. So there's a section on the about page or on the about tab of your channel for links. And the very first one that you list with the anchor text that you use, the description text that you use, is what appears on the bottom right of your banner of your channel. And then all the other social chiclets and things that you see in, in many of these banners in the bottom right are because in the About tab, you have their different uh, channels listed, their social presence is listed like Pinterest and, and LinkedIn and Twitter and so forth. So if you don't list anything there, you miss out. Nobody's going to click on your other social channels or the opt-in for your free book or your five-day challenge or your quiz or your webinar, whatever the, the thing that gets people into your funnel. That should be the very first link because that will have the text there and it will be listed first in the bottom right of your banner. Uh, always call to actions. You know, often when friends ask me like, hey, what can I do to optimize my website? You know, then I'm not like super internet nurse, just and the first thing is always like, what's the call to action? What do you want people to do? And often there's just nothing, you know, it's just so very low hanging fruit. Yeah, you got to get people into your funnel. It's your job to transform them, not just inform them, but transform them. How are you going to achieve that just by giving them a video? I mean, it's possible, but you have so much more opportunity to do that if they become part of your tribe. Get them on your email list, maybe give them a strategy call, get them into a course funnel, for example, and they consume a free course and then they upgrade or uh, get upsold to a paid course of yours after that. Right? Even just if you are podcasting and like you, doing audio only podcasts, now you're going to start hopefully doing these uh, video based and then uploading them to YouTube. Again, make sure that you start with something really punchy from somewhere in the, in the middle of the episode the, at the beginning of the edited video. But if you, for example, uh, here's another tip. If you take the live stream recording that you do on say Instagram live, People are probably saying, well, what about YouTube Live? <laughs> Why wouldn't I just do YouTube Live? Because YouTube Lives get buried by the algorithm after the live stream is finished. Nobody likes watching live streams on YouTube after the fact. The algorithm knows that, and so the algorithm buries those. If you are just really focused on getting people during the live stream and that's it, you don't care about after the fact, fine, go, go live on, on YouTube. But presumably you want this to be an evergreen video that delivers value for months or years to come. Therefore, just make sure you get this recorded. Uh, do it on, if you're going to do a live stream, like say with a guest, do it on Instagram live because then their audience will get notified that they've gone live and then you'll get exposed to a whole new audience that you hadn't gotten exposed to. Get some big Instagram influencers to be on your podcast, for example, and do it as Instagram lives, take the recording of that, you know, save that recording on your phone and then upload that to, you know, put it in Dropbox, wherever for your team to then change the, it's stacked vertically, the guest on top of you or whatever, put it side by side, take something punchy from the middle, put it at the beginning, add your little bumper and so forth. And boom, now you got a video to upload to YouTube. This podcast episode is basically the SOP for my team. 
you know, to. <laughs> so, You're welcome. So everybody, thank you very much. So everybody on the team will, will, will watch this show for sure. Well, that's awesome. Just like technical questions with when you do an Instagram live, you just use your Apple AirPods type of things or like do you? You know what? If you want to do this right, you'll use your high quality microphone, hook that up to your phone and uh, also hook up a really nice uh, camera. But how do you do this on Instagram Live? So just Google it. <laughs> Hooking up a USB mic, for example, to, to for Instagram Live. Right? Query like that will give you a how-to video on how to do it. Just like I could, can't imagine how to do it with a camera, but, but I'll, I'll look into it. I'm sure I've started the process of watching a video about how to hook up the microphone. I didn't start the process of looking how to hook up a webcam. Maybe it's not possible, but I'd, oh, I'll try that. Yeah, if it is, if you don't have a, a good camera on your phone and you can't hook up an external camera, then invest in a, a new iPhone. <laughs> Actually, you just, you know, talk about new iPhones. I just got mine like two days ago and I haven't had an iPhone in since Google Glass came out. This is when I switched to Android, you know, to, to use the Google Glass. Like, long time ago so you got tired of the dark side i'm happy to hear no, that no it was not about the dark side it was about being on called clubhouse yeah it's not the latest rage so it is it is amazing it's a little addicting and it's a huge time suck so you gotta you gotta be careful about that i'm using it instead of audiobooks so when i walk the dogs when i go for a run when i work out so it's like my audiobook replacement clubhouse right now yeah, but you got to be on in the zone every time. If you just want to be a lurker or a consumer. Right now I'm just lurking. Yeah, and right now I'm, I'm lurking because... It doesn't really work. It worked that way. Well, you think you're lurking and then somebody notices you who's a moderator and says, oh my God, that's David Hensel. David, I just promoted you to moderator. Welcome. Can you give a little intro about yourself? We've got 500 people in this room. Happened yesterday night at 2 a.m. and my wife was next to me in bed sleeping where they were like, ah! can't do this you know <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's funny it totally happens all the time cool you're, you're gonna be on stage all the time yeah look, looking forward to it. it's new you know i just got, got it yesterday so I'll, I'll, I'll explore thank you very much this was very useful thank you for our new sop <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it as an SOP yet, I can send you the typed out SOP draft, you know, once once we're done with this, I'm going to implement it, but I'm sure you have it. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I would like to see your SOP. You should post it to this episode for the show notes. Oh, yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Don't just share it with me. Let's share it with the world. And if somebody wants to reach you, wants to work with you, uh, the podcasts are Optimize Yourself. And the other one is Marketing Speak. So getyourselfoptimized.com. Oh, getyourselfoptimized.com. You just switched the name from, it used to be Optimize Yourself. Right? The Optimized Geek. Oh, the Optimized Geek, yeah. yeah. And I realized I'm alienating people who don't identify as geeks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now Get Yourself Optimized. And then the other show is marketingspeak.com for that one. And my agency, netconcepts.com. So we got a brand new website that'll be live by the time this episode airs. So I'm very excited about that, netconcepts.com. And then if you want to work with me personally, like coaching or SEO training or whatever, stephanspencer.com. Awesome. And you also have a challenge for people you mentioned before, and we showed it on screen because it's this. Yeah, yeah, a five-day challenge. It's a five-day SEO challenge. If you go to stephanspencer.com slash five-day challenge, all one word, the number five, so five-day challenge, that will take you into the the indoctrination uh, process 
for doing the five days, it's really valuable and it's not super technical. So you don't have to be a, a tech wizard in order to get a lot of value out of it. Awesome, Stefan. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining. Hope we get to meet in person again very soon. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> I hope so too. Ping you once I have the SOP in my hands. Keep revealing light in the world. You're doing, you're doing a great job. Likewise. Okay. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.